I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gun and Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Thank you for listening to the Intellectual Podcast. I'm your host, David S. Dawson, and I welcome you to Season 8 of our show. The Intellectual Podcast is available on all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please make sure to tap that subscribe button and never miss an episode of the show. We're also on social media, so give us a like on Instagram or retweet on Twitter. We are at The Intellectual on both platforms. You can also follow us on Facebook. Just look for Intellectual Entertainment. And subscribe to our YouTube channel and get notifications of our video podcasts and other fun content at youtube.com slash intellectual entertainment. We've also joined the fun on Clubhouse. Join us for continuing discussions with our guests and fun rooms talking about the entertainment industry and the latest hot topics in pop culture. Just join the Intellectual Chats Club on Clubhouse. We've even made it easy to find. Visit intellectualchats.club on any web browser to be taken to our club so you can join up. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. The Intellectual Podcast starts now. So, Sandra, we, we came into your orbit via Clubhouse. I, I, yes. I wandered into a room that you and Fanny were co-hosting together and i was laughing my freaking ass off like the whole time and i've come back a couple of times and had the same experience um can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and 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 kind of what moved you into comedy well i have been a professional actor for many 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 years and when the work dried up, sort of round about the time I did, um, I, I decided I've got to do something about this. So um, I did a little comedy course about seven years ago. And um, oh, yeah, I tried it. I thought, why not? And uh, yeah, so, it's, that's history. So prior to seven years ago, you were you were doing like dramatic acting and, and yeah. I, actually, I'm I'm look. I hasten to add that I'm still an actor first and foremost, okay. and um, I have an agent, and the agent uh, sometimes gets me work and sometimes doesn't, and it's you know it's luck of the draw really. But um, I do comedy in between, but okay. and I'm an actor first and foremost. Okay. What, what? It scratches the it scratches the performing itch. What uh, What drew you to acting? Like how 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 did you how did you come to that? I was always called Watch Me Sandra when I was a little girl. <laughs> watch me, watch me. <laughs> always, always. So, um, yeah, I, I, it was something that I always wanted to do. Always. And I did, you know, I I just didn't even finish school. I mean, we're talking a long time ago. I was 15 when I got my first professional part. And uh, yeah. And what what part was that at 15? Um, It was playing a Greek waitress in a TV series called Dixon of Doc Green, which was an English series. Um, And I remember my first words were, sir, sir, you forgot your coat. (laughs) <laughs> cut that was it 
<laughs> that was the start of everything, huh? That was the start of everything. And then I, I, you, did, did you ever, do you ever see the Carry On films? No, you know, I have Carry On films. You haven't seen those. Carry On, no, laughing and yeah, Carry On, up the Khyber and Carry On, you, know, you know, all the Carry On films. Well, the star of that was Sidney James, and I don't know whether you know of him. Um, but uh, he is a very, very big star in, in, in England anyway. And um, I played his daughter for about a year. So, okay. yeah. Then so so that, was, that was at 15. You're already booking, like, paying gigs. Did, did you end up going to, to any sort of university to study? Or did oh, you well, just yes. roll straight into professional career? I went, I went to theatrical school from the age of eight mm-hmm. until I was 15. Theatrical school where I learned to dance and I learned to sing. Well, I can't sing. Um, I learned to dance and fence and all those sort of things. And then when I finished uh, being a daughter for over a year um, with Sydney James, I did a postgrad at Guildhall School, which is quite a reputable, it's like RADA. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as RADA, but it's okay. Um, I did postgrad and then I went into TV and films and that sort of thing. So I've had a long, long career. But um, I'm a very good bluffer because I've never, never finished f- formal education, but I give the impression that I'm quite intelligent, you see. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I are in that same boat. I never yeah. finished my Great formal company. education either. Yeah. <laughs> the only one here who has is Whitney. Winnie went all oh. the way through her master's degree. Oh, so she's brains as well as beauty. Yeah. Aww. I hate her. <laughs> Whitney, I don't like you. I'm sorry. That's it. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you don't like me. I, I find you quite charming. Oh, of course, I'm only joking. But um, no, I'm not really. But anyway. <laughs> so, well, actually, Whitney can be quite off-putting. Um, <laughs> it's too sweet. True. It's too mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, it's very disconcerting. I have a picture here of me frozen. Yeah, yeah, your picture yeah. froze on us. Thank, thankfully, this is an audio podcast, so we can just yes. go. At least you're Absolutely. smiling in that photo, and it's not some weird, like, contortion of your face. Yeah, it, it could have been worse, a lot could worse. It could have been much worse. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you, went to, you went to study, and then you, you moved into your career without finishing studies. Yeah, gathering that correctly. Well, listen, the sort of study you get at theatrical school is sort of you know two hours of math and then three hours on in 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 the the room doing all sorts of the education standard was not good. Let me tell you that. <laughs> but um, I'm, I picked up French quite quickly, so that was quite good. And um, yeah, English literature I was very interested in because, of course. Yeah. I studied all the plays and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Well, now that that's an interesting thing because one of the clubhouse rooms that I sat in with you, um, you and Fanny were were positing the question of which is more difficult, stage or screen acting. That's right, and I'm very, very pleased, David, <laughs> that you agreed with me. <laughs> Absolutely. I think screen is way more difficult. It um, is. It it really is. But but I guess what I'm getting at is is when did you come to that decision for yourself that you'd prefer to be on screen as opposed to stage? I didn't say I preferred it. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say I preferred it because there's nothing like a live performance. You get you get the feedback immediately. 
That's what right. I love about comedy. I mean, it's terrible when you die a thousand deaths on stage and there's just silence and tumbleweed in the background and you're <laughs> thinking, that was my best joke. What, what, what's going on? No, with, with stage acting, I find it very... Oh, well, I love it because you get initial feedback. You know, when you've done a good performance, you get applause, you get laughter. You, you it, It's embracing, it's intimate. Um, so if I had the choice, I would love to do more stage. But, um, mm. but screen, of course, you get the adoration afterwards when they say, oh, I saw you on that. You're really good. Or you get a few fan letters or, you know, that sort of thing. But um, generally, the money's better too, right? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> There's no comparison. You know what happened to me the other day? I, um, I had a, a a Zoom casting for a well-known product, which I won't mention, and uh, I didn't get it. But I did get in what they're now calling during COVID times backup, and. What it meant was that I was paid to sit here in my home. Um, a medic came and gave me a COVID test. And I had to stay in for five days on half pay. And then on the days of filming, full pay. So I was at home for, for, for six days, which is something I would have to do anyway because it was lockdown. Right. And I had a magnificent check at the end of it, um, but I didn't do any work and no credit. So, you know, just, that's just, a sign just, of the time. Just to be the understudy. Huh? The understudy. Yeah, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. It seems to be my, uh, <laughs> my modus operandi as far as acting is concerned, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was what was your first stage production that you did? Um, I did rep, you know, repertory theatre. Okay. So I did the classics, She Stoops to Conquer and Forget Me Not Lane and quite a few other classics. So I toured with that. Um, and But the st first stage production was actually playing uh, Sidney James's daughter for a year. And we toured South Africa. Um, oh, that's another story. It was years ago and it was during apartheid and i actually got arrested wait what was that like oh, hold on yeah yeah we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna pause on this story for a minute <laughs> yes i think we need the how you got arrested story for sure <laughs> you want to hear this how i got arrested yes okay. absolutely so it was in it was during apartheid and it was in cape town and we had to um, go to the theater. A coach would come to our hotel every day at five o'clock to collect the cast and take them to the theater, which was about an hour away. And it was four o'clock one particular day. And I was in the hotel lobby and I said to the manager, oh, I'm going to go down onto the seafront because the hotel was actually on the front. I'm just going to go down and sit on a bench and get another hour's sun. Now, as you can see, I'm, I'm quite dark haired. My hair is very, very curly. And I was very, very brown. Now, during apartheid, it was terrible because they had benches for whites and they had benches for there. They said coloreds. Mm -hmm. And so I sat on the white bench, minding my own business. I was just lying there. And suddenly, an Afrikaans policeman 
grabbed hold of my arm, threw me over to the benchmark colours and said, stay there, Blackie. I said, how? Now, bear in mind, I'm, I'm 18. And I, I said, how dare you speak to me like that? I'm appearing at the Three Arts Theatre tonight. How dare you? I'm not black, I'm white. He said, shut your mouth, girl. He said, you're likely to end up in a lot of trouble. And I said, look, I won't shut up. You're nothing but a pig. Oh, how innocent and stupid I was. Uh, the he got my arm, he got my arm, he twisted it behind my back, he put the handcuffs on, and I, I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it. And and before he put the, the um, handcuffs on, I managed to punch him a few times um, in the chest, which was ridiculous, I know. And I got carted off in this, what I could only describe as a... A dog collector's van. It was a, a, a van with a cage at the back. And I was shoved in there and taken off to a police station where he said to the uh, sergeant, I want this girl booked for assaulting a police officer. And I said, I'm not black, I'm white, I'm so sorry. I'm appearing with Sydney James tonight. Please, please. And I pulled the top of my dress down so he could see my white bits. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I know. That um, is just insane. It is insane. I got thrown into a cell with a moving floor of cockroaches and I was crying my heart out. And what happened next was that the coach obviously came to collect us at five o'clock. The manager said she went down onto the seafront. They were ca calling for me. They were looking for me. And there was a black guy whose only job at that time was to rake the white sand for the tourists. And he said, are you looking for the white girl? And they said, yes, she, the police took her and they've taken her to the station. Anyway, they eventually found me um, and they explained what was happening. They had to pay bail for me and they had, I had to go back the next day. And, and my understudy went on that night. That's what I was most upset about was that I didn't get to perform. My understudy went on instead of me. And I was just wow. praying. She would, I was praying she wouldn't be better than me. Um, so, so, <laughs> never uh, mind priorities, the fact, right? Never mind the fact that I had my passport stamped and said I wasn't allowed back in the country. Never mind that. I just didn't want her to be better than me anyway. So that's my arresting story. Wow. Yes. Wow. I had to pay my own bail out of my wages and um, and the fines that they eventually gave me. And um, I had my passport stamped and I wasn't allowed back. Well, it sounds like you were lucky you were let out. I was lucky. They uh, The, the um, powers that be um, oiled a few wheels and uh, wow. they got me out. Yes, it was horrendous. And... Uh, you know, I'm so glad apartheid ended. I mean, my goodness, I'm, I'm, you know, it was a dreadful, dreadful time, dreadful time. Yeah, it feels like we're uh, slipping backwards a little bit on all that here in America yeah. lately. Yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. But uh, wow, what an what an amazing experience, though. Like, I mean, who gets who gets to say they they got arrested in in South Africa? Like, 
Well, oh. apparently a lot of people. Um, well, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. been what white girl from the, from London the, yeah. you know, has that story. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, uh, about uh, six years ago, um, I went back to South Africa. All was fine. You know, everything was fine, and I um, actually. Um, have another story if you're interested <laughs> that is almost even worse than that. Oh, okay. South Africa, if yeah. you can believe. Do tell. Let, like, let's get this one recorded. Strapping in. Oh, <laughs> strapping in. Okay. So um, I went with my uh, soon-to-be ex-husband. Um, I went to uh, my second soon-to-be ex-husband. I'm collecting houses. So I've got quite a few of them. Anyway, so... <laughs> Um, we went I'm on to, my first. Sorry? I'm on my first. Next <laughs> wife. Oh, right. Okay. Well, you've got a few to catch up with me, but hey, good luck. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I went to a, a fabulous game resort called Shamwari, and we chose Shamwari not only because it was luxurious, but because it was mosquito uh, malaria-free, and I didn't want to take them the malaria tablets. And here we are in luxury. And bearing in mind, I'm a woman of a certain age, I and... Um, Ryan the Ranger came to us at seven o'clock in the evening and said, right, I am Ryan the Ranger and we're going on a three hour drive and we're going to see the giraffes and the lions and, and it's going to be magnificent. And then we're going to have sundowners where you're going to look at the stars and you're going to have your drink. So I thought, the only thing I could think of was my bladder. I thought, I can't last three hours without needing to pee. <laughs> so I said to him, right, right. I said, Ryan, um, excuse me, but what happens if, if I need to pee, he said, no problem, Sandra. All you have to do is tap me on the shoulder because we're going to be in the Jeep. There's six of us. Tap me on the shoulder and say, stop. So I said, OK. Now, we're jogging along, you understand, and I'm drinking lots of water because it's very, very hot. And I'm like one of those dolls that you put it in one end and it comes out the other. <laughs> so... After about half an hour, seeing the giraffes, magnificent, I tap him on the shoulder and I said, Ryan, stop. And he said, all right, Sandra, you need to pee? I said, yes. So he got out of his truck and with his machete, he went behind a bush with his machete and he's going, yeah, 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 yeah. He said, it's all right, Sandra, go pee. So I went behind the bush and I'm um, being a lady I took some little baby wipes with me okay I don't have to go into the technicolor details of what happened but I, I anyway I'm all nice and clean and dry so um I went back on the jeep anyway I let let's say I stopped him three more times and at the end he was getting really fed up with me he said oh, what again <laughs> and I said, Ryan, I said, um, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. It's, it's just a problem I have. Anyway, we get to sundowners and he gets the drinks out and I want to pee again. And I say, Ryan, I'm going behind that bush. He said, go. I said, aren't you going to check? He said, it's all right. So I went towards the bush and I could hear some rustling. And I went back to him 
And he said, I said, there's there's something behind the bush. There's something behind. He said, oh, for heaven's sake, I can't get to gin and tonic. It's, it's ridiculous. He goes with his machete again. All his yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, it's fine. Go pee. So I go and pee for the last time. And I'm using my baby wipes. And when I come out from the bush, everybody including my soon-to-be ex-husband, is on the jeep, and Ryan is standing there pointing a rifle at me. And he's saying, don't move. I said, what is it? What is it? He said, just don't move. And they're honestly walking right behind me, less right by the side of me, less than a foot away from me, is a leopard. <laughs> and on his foot is one of my baby wipes. <laughs> and Ryan the ranger says, Sandra, that leopard it was tracking you, tracking you. My soon-to-be ex-husband was busy taking photos. I've actually got a photo of this leopard and me looking petrified. It was the best cure for my bladder problem, let me tell you. <laughs> Shooting was another thing. <laughs> Suddenly became wow. a bowel problem. But that was something else. Uh, yeah, wow. I was fine on the way back. I didn't need to go anymore, and I didn't for the rest of the shamwari. But um, it was horrendous, and I, I still have that photo. I can't believe the horror on my face. And this leopard, is he said in all his times in the resort, and he'd been there about eight years, he'd never seen the leopard. So what can I say, David? You know, my pee is obviously very attractive to wild beasts i think south africa is a no-no from now on i think for me. wow yeah you've had so, uh some wild adventures in south africa i have i have indeed whitney yeah um but, you know, I, that's what I love about my life. Um, I don't do ordinary. Everything is a big adventure. I always have an adventure everywhere I go, whatever I do. So uh, it's fun. That has to be written down. What does? That, that, that entire scenario has to be written into a scene somewhere, into a film. Oh, it has to. I think you could do that whole piece is just a cool little short film. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny because I did, um, um, uh, we, we have fringe festivals here and there was one comedian who was saying, um, we're going to play a game to the audience. We're going to have uh, three people telling the truth and one person telling a lie and you have to guess which one is lying. Um, and of course, I told my truth, and they all thought I was lying. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was good. I, I won. I won. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, Whitney's participated in the French festivals here. Yeah, they're a blast. I mean, you you really have to distill down what you're doing into these little uh, quick tidbits because I, I don't know about uh, yours, Sandra, but ours were only allowed an hour tops, and that's load in, load out as well because the next show is coming into your space yes 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 that's true yes that happens <laughs> yes you 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 have quite a few festivals don't you over there oh yeah uh, people love fringe festivals here i mean they're they're a lot of fun it's a good way also to uh you know test out your story and things um do you do you do a lot of that whenever it comes to comedy like maybe do a, a short run of a a version of a play or a short film or something just to test out like how people are receiving it 
No. Um, well, I did. Uh, have you heard of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. So I did a solo show there called Self Helpless. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you see, it was, I've written a book. Um, and it's on sale on Amazon, quick plug. And I've got 25 star reviews. And it was called Self Helpless. Now, you know, there's all these self help books going around. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, mine is the complete antithesis of that. I give out shit advice. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wrote this whole show around all the shit advice that I give. You know, things like don't be ugly, it's inconsiderate. I mean, it's great that you've got a fabulous personality, but it's no compensation for crooked teeth and a turkey neck. Two words, Beverly Hills <laughs> or Harley Street here. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, never be yourself. It's dangerous. Never be yourself. It's always better. All ridiculous things. But it, was, it proved to be very successful, and I enjoyed doing the show. And... Uh, yeah you're like that, a real life Moliere character with that advice <laughs> yes well you know you know, there's all so much of this you know be yourself let this uh, and I'm thinking oh how can I turn this on the head don't be yourself you know be some be whoever anyone wants you to be <laughs> be a chameleon <laughs> blend in sorry the title is the same. The title of the book, self the title, the title of my book is Self Helpless. Yes. I'm definitely looking it up. Yeah. It's, yeah. Hey, listen, there's a chapter just for men. Oh, good. Thank you. I just. Just for men. Listen, oh, not, I would I'm love not, to hear your advice to men. That's going to be delightful. <laughs> no, it, listen, I don't know whether this is PG rated or it goes out. To no, let your freak flag fly. It's all good. Say what uh, the fuck you want. Uh, um, you can't you can't see me can, can you because uh, I've got a copy of the book I'll show you the, 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 the copy of the book it's got my face if you if you google uh, Sandra Hale self-helpless you'll see my face on the front of it and uh, yeah and of course if you do get it I want a five-star review please see with the lovely blue background and the pink that's top it. And that's it big white flower yes that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'm definitely definitely gonna be picking that up <laughs> so sandra of all of the different hats that you wear is there a favorite one that you have like you write you're in film you're in theater uh, what is yeah, my do you have a favorite <laughs> <laughs> well yes my favorite is look quite frankly i just love performing i love creating but Writing is, I, I, I have to confess, I'm a little bit lazy. It takes a lot of concentration and a great big amount of bitterness to be able to write. Um, I managed to do the writing when I was going through the divorce and it sort of flowed easily. But um, no, I, I just, I love acting. That's my first love. And if I can't act, then I will do the comedy. Um and I will never give up. I mean, you know, there is, fortunately, there's no age restriction or age limit on acting. And I can do it until I get to the six foot under. 
<laughs> you know, uh, on my tombstone, I'll probably say, at last, her name in lights. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, with an LED panel, like with an LED scrolling, panel, scrolling that's with right. the message. Absolutely. <laughs> I've told everyone that when they come to my funeral, I said, um, I want them to weep copiously. I want them to tear their clothes and really sob. I don't want any of this. Oh, it's a celebration of her life. No, I want them to suffer. <laughs> Grieve for God's sake. Grieve. <laughs> yes. As if they mean it. Grieve. Yes, definitely. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what what has been your favorite role that you've you've performed so far? Like what what was oh. the, what was the job you liked the most? Well, uh, the job I liked the most was the one that I was the best in, I suppose, because I think that when you have when you get the respect of your peers, that's the most important thing for me. It's not necessarily fame and fortune, although, please, yes, I wouldn't mind it, but um, <laughs> I want respect amongst mm. my peers and I want casting directors and directors to say, have book her she's good she knows what she's doing um and so you know i like to be very professional when i'm on set i like to be a one take person if i can because i know that takes the money um and i i just I, I, the, the the part that i'm talking about where i played something completely different to how i am really i was playing a cocaine addict homeless in a high rise block of flats very down market very almost suicidal and it was just so totally different to me mm. and um i loved it and I, I i i'm very grateful that the director saw something in me um actually it was the casting when i went for the casting i had someone had slashed my tires just before i was going to go there uh, my tights had a ladder in it. Um, couldn't get my mascara on properly. It was pouring down with rain. And I got there with about a minute to spare because I couldn't get a cab. And when I read the script, I hadn't had the, the script beforehand either. They, they, you cold read. And it said she burst into tears. <laughs> so easy so uh yeah it was good it was very you know, good. sometimes fortunes just line up right yeah yeah sometimes like I, I think i remember reading that mel gibson got the part in the mad max movies because he got in a bar fight the night before the auditions really he showed up all beat up <laughs> oh wow like, oh, that's the guy <laughs> method acting darling method acting yes oh, so method yeah. yeah right oh that's that's great um whitney you got you got your your classic set of questions that you like to ask our guests towards the end of their interviews you want to fire off what those are of course of course well so one of my go-to questions is always if there was a dream production dream role something absolutely perfect that you have not done yet but if you did this, like you said, you could, you know, go to your tombstone and be good after that. Uh, what is your dream production that's out there? To be in a comedy series, or rather like the Golden Girls, um, where I'm the star, of course. Um, and I'd be 
bloody good at it, I tell you. Um, uh, to, to do something like that, um, I, I know that I'm good at comedy. I know I have great timing. I sound so vain, don't I? But listen, <laughs> if, listen, if I don't blow my trumpet, no one else is going to do it. So I know my limitations. Don't put me in with Shakespeare because I'm shit at Shakespeare. And I, I know that. But um, as far as comedy is concerned, it's always been my forte. Um, and I would love to be in a comedy series. That would be my ideal. You know, they've been, they've been rebooting all sorts of old TV shows and stuff. Don't you think it's time for a Golden Girls revival? I think there should be a Golden Girls UK. There oh, you go. Yeah. Well, so and along I'm, that line, Sandra, because you said that comedy has always been your forte. Who are, yes. uh, who are your comedy idols? Like, who do you look up to and who have you emulated or aspired to in your career? I haven't emulated anyone because I think we've all got a unique voice um, and it's very, very bad to try and emulate anyone. Um, but I, I, oh, you know, the Brits listening to this are going to hate me, but I love the American comedians. I think they're so, I mean, Wendy Sykes, brilliant. Mm. Um, you know, I know I shouldn't really mention him, but uh, I thought Louis C.K. was brilliant until he went oh. He was absolutely, he was my favorite. Oh, he was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Bill Sh Burr. Shame he's a piece of shit person. Yeah, pay yeah. shame is a piece of shit. You know, what yeah. can you do? But the talent is undoubted, un the undoubted talent is Louis and Bill Burr, of course, a completely different type of, st I, I adore him. Bill um, Burr is hysterical. He's hysterical. I just love it. I, it's interesting that I'm not a great fan of, um, American um, comedy shows. Oh, go, don't shoot me down in flames, please, please, please. But oh. I like, I'm not uh, a, a lover of Seinfeld. Oh, oh, do you hate me now? Well, so, did you say you, have to you cut this short? Did you uh, say you don't love Seinfeld? <laughs> Pardon? Did you say you don't love Seinfeld? No, I don't. Oh, God bless you. And the reason why, can I tell you the reason why? Absolutely. Lay it oh, on. please tell me why. <laughs> I, because I could predict what was going to happen next. Mm. And I don't like, I love the element of surprise. I love it when it goes up one way and then suddenly it turns. And you, that's what I love. And that's what you get in Louis C.K.'s comedy in his routines that's what you get in bill burr you think he's going on a on a on, a, on one track and he completely changes and it surprises you and i find that the, the, seinfeld as a as a stand-up great but as his his shows his his series i found very very predictable i knew what was going to happen before it happened and that's why i didn't like him you prefer performances where they subvert the expectations of the audience. Totally. That's what I adore. I yeah. love it. I, like I, that's, I think that's why I liked How I Met Your Mother so much. But how that, I Met Your Mother, yes. Yeah, that yeah. show always took you in a different direction than you expected. Yeah, 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 um, absolutely. So absolutely. much so that it pissed off the a lot of the audience the last <laughs> season. <laughs> but I thought it was brilliant. I was like, yes, this is exactly how it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I adored Shit's Creek, the series. It's <laughs> oh, a pretty funny one. I I have to disagree there. Okay. Oh, yeah, but you like Seinfeld, so you know. Yeah. Well, you know, Steve, how I, far did you get into Shit's Creek? Because you got a ten minutes a into bit. the ten minutes into the first show. 
okay, give, give it more time. It yeah. will grow on you. I tell you, I felt exactly the same way. Everyone was raving about it. And I thought, oh, I thought after the t- first 10 minutes, I thought, oh, I'm not watching this shit. Shit, yeah. shit, 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 squeak. <laughs> nice. But then I thought, I'm going to persevere. By, by episode three, I was hooked. <laughs> I know, I know life's too short, isn't it, Steve? Yes, I know. For crying out loud, Steve, we all suffered through two seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation before it got good. You can deal with three episodes of a damn TV series. <laughs> oh, the best. I what also, else you got to do right now, pandemic boy? Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And the Kaminsky method was brilliant. Oh, I, I love Kaminsky that. Method. I love that. Oh, that was fabulous. They, they were, they're what I call little stocking fillers. You know, as as you know, as you're cooking, as you're you're just watching. It's twenty minutes here, twenty five minutes there. They're little stocking fillers. They're exciting. Um, <laughs> so on on that, on the idea of like stocking fillers, uh, Great British Baking Show. I watched yeah. that. I love it so much. I don't. You don't. You're not a fan. No. Because no. it's just baking for her. <laughs> right. That's no. true. That's true. It's just baking for Sandra. <laughs> Mine is um, I'm addicted uh, on YouTube watching Mock the Week. Okay. Uh, if you have you heard of it? Have I heard of it? All because my friends are on it. All your friends are on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate them too. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. But no, oh, uh, I'm two for two with you. Okay, great. <laughs> no, I've got to tell you, in in Britain, um, the comedy scene is very ageist. To a certain extent, how many comedians do you know of my age? And I know you can see that little picture of me, yeah. but I'm going to be 69 this year. No, so, no way! Uh, Don't look. That at is at all. the correct response. Thank you. <laughs> correct reaction. Thank you very much. If I hadn't had that reaction, I would have left immediately. <laughs> um, but yes, I am, and. And but the heart has no wrinkles, you know. I go past. I, That's I, a brilliant I, line. I like I, it doesn't, and and I still feel very. You know, my daughter's forty five, and I think, how can I have a forty five year old? I haven't reached that age myself yet. And and quite honestly, quite honestly, you. It's a. a there are women and there are girls, and I'm still a girl. Mm-hmm. I've seen old women at age forty. You ask yeah. them, how, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. I'm getting old. Oh, shut the fuck up. Getting <laughs> old. You take it for heaven's sake. You know, it's, it's how you are. I have a joie de vivre. I love life. I love people. I love mixing with young people. Um, all my husbands are younger than me. So, yeah, they look a lot older than me now, though, because I suck the youth out of them. There you go. <laughs> That's what my mom always says. She's uh, she's married to someone who's eight years younger than her, and everybody thinks she's younger than him. That's right. Well, my, my second husband was 12 years younger than me. The man I'm in a relationship with now is eight years younger than me. So, um, yeah, it's good. I All right. So Sandra's, Sandra's answer to staying youthful is be an energy vampire and just suck the life out of your younger spouse. I oh, love yeah, it. Literally. It's great for the complexion, Whitney. Yes. I, I think it's my, brilliant. New life I, goals. 
Yeah, I consider my uh, I consider my ex wife ageless, uh, mainly because um, she drinks the blood of Girl Scouts. Um, <laughs> what you don't know, Sandra, is Steve is only twenty seven years old. <laughs> I'm twice that. <laughs> oh, oh, please. <laughs> Oh, look, he's rolling up his sleeves, David. He yes, needs, here we business. go. Oh, yeah, he needs yeah, business. Yeah. He's going to take this outside, David. He's yeah. trying to intimidate me, but he forgets that uh, it doesn't work with me. Yeah, <laughs> this podcast started with an argument. I did it. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the very first episode of this podcast was Steve and I arguing over whether or not uh, remakes are, should be allowed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it depends. He was wrong, of course. So. Of course he's wrong. David, you know I'm with you. You agree with me. Hey, listen, you know what we're doing uh, next Thursday in Clubhouse? What are you doing? Do extroverts or introverts make the better actor? Ooh. 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 And of course, Fanny and I disagree. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you also have to get the actor to admit whether they are an extrovert or an introvert. Yes. In well, the that's right, because we all lie. We lie, as we know from two weeks ago, yeah. in order to get a job. <laughs> we had a room. How many, uh, what lies have you told in order to get a job? You know, so yeah, that, uh, that I think was the first room I, I came in yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I think I was voted the least of the liars, and Amber won. She was the biggest liar in the room. <laughs> That's yes. <great. laughs> well, yes. let's try that right now. Let's each someone say the truth, and you try to figure out who's lying. Well, oh. you start then, Stephen. All truth, right. Truth and a lie. Truth, truth, and a lie. Truth, right. truth, and a lie. Okay. When I was fourteen, I was kicked in the head by a horse. That's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I am a junk. I am a Disneyland Jungle Cruise. Uh, skipper. That's a partial truth. <laughs> Christina Aguilera thought I was the funniest uh, skipper that she's ever been with on a, on a cruise. <laughs> As a leader of her cruise. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> I That's win. True. She didn't say a damn thing on the entire time. Well, she wouldn't. I can't. Yeah, she she sat there uh, staring at her phone while her kids were jumping all over the place. <laughs> okay, Whitney, okay. your turn. Okay, I'm going to say all three of mine, and then you guys are going to have to guess which one is the lie. Okay. okay. Um, I used to race horses competitively as a child. I worked in a porn store throughout my undergrad, and I'm a trained clown. The first one's a lie. Any other votes? I say the second's a lie. Yeah, I say the second's a lie. The first one's a lie. I had horses, but I never raced them competitively. I win. Oh. <laughs> okay, so the porn store? That, yeah, no, that's true. That's what I did as a job during my undergrad of college. Wow. <laughs> and everybody yeah. already knows I'm a clown, so that was an easy one. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to look at you the same, Whitney. No. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to go next? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I once went out with a guy for the first time and on our first date, I was inadvertently uh, the, the, uh, the getaway driver for a robbery he was committing. Um, I was once the, the guest on Prince Abdul's yacht in the south of France, and I danced with Steve McQueen and a lot of other, and I stayed in the, um, the, the Carlton Hotel penthouse for three weeks. And um, I went out with this guy um, who turned out to be a woman and had a relationship with them, with her. Wow, those all sound really plausible based on what I've learned about you today. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to say the first one's a lie. I'm going to say the third one's a lie. I'm going to say the third one is a lie. Like there's a grain of truth in it, but it's, there's a lie in there. Lie. Third one. Okay. Yeah. So yes, I was the getaway driver for a robbery. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't know at the time. I wondered why he was climbing over a fence and yelled at me, drive, drive, drive. Um, but you know, uh, it was fine. And this was, this is, you know, it's fine. I mean, I did get a nice, um, Cartier watch out a bit but hey that's another story so, um, yeah um, I did spend three weeks in the Carlton Hotel in the Royal Suite at um, in the south of France um, yes and I did dance with Steve McQueen and it was lovely and yes the third one was a lie I'm three for three <laughs> <laughs> David's a good lie detector all right David what do you got oh gee whiz um I had my first sexual experience at the age of 10. I worked in Alaska for a summer. I once shook the hand of Michael Bolton at a concert that I worked. Hmm. Mm. I've known you for 20 years, so I'm going to say the last one. <laughs> I'm also going to say the last one. I'm going to say the second one. Uh, my co-hosts know me. They know me uh, well. <laughs> oh, it's the last one? <laughs> the last one was a lie. <laughs> uh, oh, I did go to a Michael Bolton concert because the lighting company that lit his show, I was working for at the time, but I did not shake his hand. So. All right. <laughs> okay so a half truth then i would not have gone to a michael bolton co concert other than the fact that the tickets were well, free quite. <laughs> quite. Bless <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear this was a lot of fun sandra oh i've loved it you know the, the, the best thing i can do is talk about myself it's fabulous <laughs> Well, we're so glad you came to talk about yourself. I love it. I love it. Uh, so, uh, where, where can people find you online and 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 get your book and and see well, they can, what gigs you've got coming up? All that uh, stuff. They can Google Amazon. You know, my my niece lives in LA, and uh, she's she's yes, she's an actor and 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 comedian too. I haven't seen her for several years, and I I don't know that um, apart from on Zoom. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know when I'll be over to LA, but um, I certainly want to do some comedy when I come over there. Well, when you do come to the States, you got to let us know because we want to show up. Yes, absolutely. I will. Um, yeah, so, but he, people can find me. No one is anonymous, really. No one's off the grid. You can find me with my name, Sandra Hale. And your website stalk is SandraHaleComedy.com, right? Listen, at my age, I want stalkers. I was thinking of renting a stalker because I haven't got any. So, um, <laughs> you know, please feel free to stalk me. <laughs> well, I've been cyber-stalking you a little bit the last couple of weeks. You have, Dave. Crawling into your clubhouse rooms. and Yes, let me tell you, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and Stephen, please join. Why, because I look like one? <laughs> well, I, I wasn't going to say. No, I won't answer that. I'll plead the fifth, someone. shall I? <laughs> David did cast me as a stalker in a film he did. Well, there you go. You see, and, I, I I have instincts about this. I, I could be yeah. a casting director, couldn't I? Yeah. And we were oh, the best part of that, Steve. The best part of this is David and I were roommates for quite some time. And um, I asked him, it's like, what? kind of wardrobe are you looking for and he said well we've known each other you know at the time it was what 10 years 10 years about yeah. about 10 years and i said anything out of your closet will work <laughs> <laughs> well you know amazing i've, I've been friends with him for 20 years have you got a raincoat Stephen? um a well, long raincoat <laughs> not anymore i'll say that those days are over, aren't they, Stephen? Well, I had to give it back to Disney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am a currently a laid-off uh, cast member at Disneyland, and oh, uh, right. I had a one of those clear plastic uh, raincoats that <laughs> put over my uh, Jungle Cruise costume. Oh, I well, love I'm that they requested that, you that had back. A, uh, very pleased you had a costume underneath the white, the seafood. Yeah, I mean, this. It I is mean, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I've been swiped left more than anyone on Tinder, so. Oh, no. Oh, I my. Got, I got an award. I got, they sent me a certificate and everything. Oh, Stephen. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's so he's delightfully so pathetic, so right? <laughs> Yeah. So anyone listening, Stephen is lovely. <laughs> any any young newbile creatures out there? Stephen is lovely. Oh, <laughs> Don't swipe you. left. Don't swipe left. Swipe right. You'll have a surprise. Oh yes, they will. Or at least someone really grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Me to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, oh, it's very sweet. <laughs> Sandra, thank you so much for coming on. And um, we uh, we will definitely continue to, to follow you on Clubhouse. And I, I hope that everybody who's listening to the, this episode seeks you out on Clubhouse and, and joins your rooms because they're so much fun. Thank you, you. You and Fanny make them so much fun. And, and it's just a, a great time to like unwind and laugh. And, you know, gosh, if I don't need that a whole lot these days, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm pleased and thank you very much for having me I've enjoyed every moment and now it's 10 to 11 I'm going to have my Horlicks and go to bed Hello there citizens I am the terror that flaps in the night I am the floaty that will not flush no matter how many times you try in the toilet bowl of crime I am Darkwing Duck 
telling you, please, talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. <laughs> Whatever the heck that means. After all, you are watching Intellectual Podcast with your ears. Intellectual Podcast.